It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. Down like the spectrum of your voice at the world. That's so funny. Oh, and something, honestly, that's one thing I've not done. I've been performing Mm-hmm. All my life. I've yeah. never sung the national anthem. Yeah, too much pressure. I'm not putting it out there. I don't want to Right, do it. right, right. Because <laughs> I probably would forget the words. Right. Oh, man. Are you a performer then? Uh, no. I, well, I did choir growing up. Okay. I can't, I can't really carry a tune. I think a missed opportunity for me was not being involved in theater growing okay. up. Um, but because of swimming, there just was always the conflict, whether that was with summer theater or in high school oh, yeah. and stuff. Because that takes your – Every time. And right. there's no off-season for right. swimming. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, no, there's a pool. Go. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Right, right. So I, it's one thing that I wish that I had done growing yeah. up. Um, and I'd love to – I'd still be totally oh. open to the possibility of doing it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's so cool, too, to see people that don't think that they're they're going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And they suddenly get up there and it's like, that was great. Yeah. That was really great. Especially when they're not trying. Sure, sure. Do you realize how really good you are? Yeah. That's cool. I taught one of like a corporate improv and it Mm -hmm. was fully online. Mm -hmm. You never really know. That's wild. They were scrum masters. Yes. Which sounds like a cleaning department, but it's not. Yes. Um, I I forget what it is, but at one point I knew. Something with data. Yeah. The things that are way above my knowledge basis. They were so funny. Mm-hmm. Their task was to perform a movie in 60 seconds. Okay. Including everybody. So they had to figure out who was playing who. Uh-huh. They had to do the movie from start to finish in 60 seconds. Wow. Cut them off at 60 seconds. Uh-huh. Um, and so I said, I'm going to give you five minutes to prepare, which was most of the time spent on just talking it through and talking mm-hmm. and casting and talking to which I'm usually like, a little less conversation, a little more action, friends. Let's yeah, practice. Right, exactly. And so when they finally did it, it was one woman rushed upstairs off camera and we're like, what's she doing? She came down with her little, her son Simba, so she could do the whole like lifting. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the stampede, the, the guys that were in rolling chairs just rolled across the screen. Back nice. And forth. But they didn't finish on time. Sure. And I said, okay, so does this ever happen in the workplace? Like, do you ever you know, talk too much about something instead of putting it in action, then we're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Uh-huh. So it's like, I mean, as dumb as it is. Right. Like, they're having fun, but yeah. learning a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I think the stampede was my favorite, though. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a fun job for you because you can oh, I love just be entertained the whole time. I get time. to play. Yeah. I, I did one for high schoolers this past week. Weekend, excuse me. But it's it's such a good skill for everybody to have. I'm sure it's a good humbling thing for high schoolers, too, because there's a lot of, like, egos and yeah. self-consciousness going on that kind of has to go out the window for it to go Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They were saying, too, that the workshop that I taught was attended by more boys. Interesting. A lot of them are based in musical theater, and I know that's not typically, you know, where the guys or the male-identifying students come out, but I think this was a chance for these students to finally shine in something. Yeah, yeah. And to be funny and to uh-huh. be allowed to be funny instead mm-hmm. of, okay, let's put you in a box and you are playing this character. Yeah, yeah he's got funny lines, but he's got to be like this. Yeah. Know? So I think when I think about my sense of humor and how it developed, mm-hmm. you know, in middle school and stuff, mm-hmm. I can think of like three boys who I had a lot of classes with and they were your stereotypical class clowns. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were so funny how they were able to like – take something that had happened earlier in the discussion and then, like, bring it back up in a humorous way Mm -hmm. to be able to remember the conversation and work it back in. Such a brilliant type of humor. Love it. And so from observing them and then witnessing how the class would react to that, and, you know, I'm like, okay, they did that. That's funny. Yep. So then I kept trying to think of, like, okay, how can I work this back in? You know what I mean? It it takes a certain intelligence to be able to – you know, be aware of what's going on and then to remember. But that's also your, you're being more observant than most. Exactly. Like you have to be observant. Yeah. Yeah. If you're holding on to that moment, like I'm going to bring this up. Right. Exactly. You're observing everything. Like, okay, when does my timing hit? What? Right. Make sure it's perfectly planned. Right. And you have to listen to what other people are saying and stuff. Yeah. Yes. My, my son is very naturally gifted at comic timing and callbacks Mm -hmm. and things like that. We work on the comic timing a little bit. Sure, like, yeah. Not the right time for that, buddy. Right. And Just and wait. when at a certain age, like when the joke does land, then they say it again and again and again. It's like, okay, yeah, the like, art of the humor is just letting yep, it go yep. and then waiting for your next time, yep. you know. Just just 
chill out, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Chris, he's also 12. So and my brother is 23 and he still does that. So Yeah, yeah. That's uh we were actually just talking my friend that was here before we did a show together. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm wearing my my Rock of Ages t-shirt underneath. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't wear mine anymore because my son got to them oh, and he's 12. Yeah. You can imagine. I refuse to wear them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you from Columbus originally? I'm not. I'm from the Cleveland area. Okay. Um, I'm from Amherst. It's halfway in between Sandusky and Cleveland, very close to the lake. It's one I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine. Yes. Okay. Adam was just from Lorraine. No way. Yeah. Wild. Yes. Yeah. We're just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm maybe a five-minute drive from Lorraine. Okay. Well, my parents are, but. Right. So um, you grew up there. Mm-hmm. Is it smaller? It is. It okay. definitely is growing a little bit that yeah. whole area kind of is um we got a target in 2007 <gasps> yeah yes and that kind of now, we've since gotten in the like last three years we've gotten a five guys a chick-fil-a a canes okay and a crumble cookie so oh, that that's yes up. i know i came crumble. home and i was like where are we like this is wild you know i didn't realize that crumble yeah. cookie was part of that because you see like the five below the target yes. the, there's probably a lowe's nearby yes right next to the target yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. those typical shops. starbucks yep. we, all, we got we went from having a starbucks in the target to now we have that one and across the street to drive through starbucks Ooh. that's how you know right you've made um, it yeah right <laughs> But yes, all things considered, we are smaller than yeah. We're not Columbus, you know. Okay. But so, how did you end up in the area? Then? Sure, I went to school at Ohio University, okay. graduated in 2019, and I got a job working at the State House. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a legislative fellowship position, okay. and so that is a December to December position. So I had a few months to kill, did another internship around home, and yeah. then I came here. And I have been here ever since. Yeah. What did you study in school then? Journalism, actually. Yeah. Great school for journalism. Yes. Yeah. So I went wanting to go into broadcasting. Um, I'd been in a broadcasting class in high school and loved that. I've always loved it. Did you want to do like radio or television? Television. Okay. Yeah. Um, Steve Hartman. I, he's my favorite reporter. I wanted to be him. Amazing. Tell feel-good stories, whatever. Yeah. Um, for a variety of reasons, that dream was kind of squashed in yeah. college. Uh, okay. They, without going into all the details, they, they like out of you yeah. They, the way that they ran their broadcasting program, at least at the time, mm-hmm. um, it was really like. Juniors and seniors get to do all this stuff, but you have to, like, cover football and basketball before you can touch news. And I was like, I could not care less about football or Mm -hmm. basketball. Let me cover the Mm -hmm. courthouse or whatever. I'll sit at the city council meeting on a Monday night, whatever, and they wouldn't let you. That's for upperclassmen. And it's that kind of thing. And I was like, meh. Um, And I didn't want to go to the high school football games and cover that. So anyway, neither here nor there. But I I ended up sticking with journalism but taking the, like, strategic communication routes, like PR, that kind of thing. Worked at the state house. I ended up being the deputy comms director for the Senate Dems for oh two God. and a half, almost three years. Is it brutal there? Um, is this rolling? <laughs> we are rolling. We yeah. are rolling. Yeah. yeah. Is this I'm part of the conversation? In a, like a yeah. negative sense, but it just it, everything's got to be so high speed and it it happening. was yeah. Without um, going into too many details, yeah, yeah it was brutal. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard because like politics has always been something that I've had an interest in, like literally ever since second grade. And really? yeah, I there was a day in second grade where I was like, I want to be the first woman president, and I just kind of ran with that. Amazing. And um, working that intimately in yeah. politics. And seeing kind of the inner workings and stuff, it was making me feel very jaded. And I was like, wow, I am way too young Mm -hmm. to be this jaded. You know, I need to be involved but in a different capacity. And that's how this job at KYC opened up. And it's an advocacy job. Mm -hmm. I also love working with kids. There's communications involved with it. Like it's the perfect trifecta of all the things I love to do. Yeah. What was the turning point in second grade? I something don't remember. I know that that would have been the 2004 election. Okay. And I remember us doing some sort of like elementary school election where yeah. we were voting like, right. you know. In a box. Carrie Bush. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, I think alongside that we were having some sort of government lesson. I just very distinctly remember my teacher telling us that there had never been a female president and me being like, well – I'm going to be the first woman president. Yeah. 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 And I raised my hand and I told her I'm going to be the first woman president. And she took to that. Mm -hmm. And then all my classmates took to that. So I was like, 
Gosh, okay. okay, this is a thing, right? Which is great. Yeah, that right, exactly. Squelched. Correct, correct. That's amazing. She could have been like, well, that, yeah, good luck, kid, like, right? Hey. But she let me believe that, yeah. that I could do that. And now, do I think, I mean, did I ever think then that 20 years later that still would be a possibility? No, right? right? Like, it's right. very wild. In fact, my mom was saying, like, when I was a kid, she's like, well, I hope you're not the first woman president. And I was offended by that because I was like, how dare you not believe that? And she's like, well, no, I hope that there, somebody else comes before you. Yeah, because I still have another nine years before I'm even old enough to run, <laughs> you know. But who knows? So You got time. Right, right. You go for Senate, right? Yeah, exactly. I always remember hearing that, like, hitting those milestones in life. When I turned 25, I was like, I can run for Senate. I wouldn't. Right, right. But and the then possibility I turned 35, and today I looked, I was looking at the young professionals group. I'm too old. I was like, really? Oh, well, sad face. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no more milestones except AARP. I have right, that that's coming. That's true. Up. And you can get some serious discounts. Apparently, but they sometimes send it out too early from what I've heard. Yeah. It's yeah. Really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. My dad started getting that way earlier than. Yeah. His actual like retirement like, eligibility. Yeah. So are your folks still up north then? They are. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do this stuff at the state house. How did you find yourself with KYC then? Because yeah. it started. I did my research. Yeah. 2016. Is that when you moved into the facility, or was it a thing before then? So actually, 2024 is our 30th anniversary. Oh my god. So KYC started in 1994, um, and I'm gonna butcher the history, That's and okay. I really need to brush brush up on it. But I know that it started off because. Um, a couple community members, they had been working with LGBT youth who mm-hmm. had been kicked out of their homes for whatever reason, and they had kind of provided an, like a, an impromptu kind of shelter, mm-hmm. like, hey, I come on in, That's stay in so our home. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, after working with some of those young folks, they yeah. said, like, okay, there's a need for this in our community. We need something to support yeah, for sure. queer and trans youth. Mm-hmm. And so in 1994, they started um, – like a call line type mm-hmm. thing that was run. I want to say it was run in the basement of some other organ. It might have been Stonewall. I don't know. But it was like it didn't have its own yeah. place. And so it was a number that youth could call just to have someone to talk to and have that support. And over the years, it's grown into being what it is now. Yeah. Um, and along the way, we've been in different locations. So as you said, in uh, 2016, I believe, is when we moved into our current facility. Um, we're very close to the main branch of the library downtown. And um, we're best known for our drop-in center, which is kind of what that call line has evolved into is a space where Tuesdays through Fridays after school, young people can come, hang out, play games. Um, We have our different affinity groups, so Gender Scope or QPOC, so folks can meet um, with others who share similar identities. Mm -hmm. But we also have things like D&D, movie night on Fridays. Every Friday is pizza and movie night. Um, We have art club. I know. it's Yeah. I've gotten to watch a lot of movies that I don't think I otherwise would have watched. But yeah, we're all all about the community. There's always um, art going on. So that's a little bit in our drop-in space. Um, We also have our wellness center, which is like our newest addition. That's the same property, yeah. um, just the the building kind of right next door on the property. Okay. And that is what houses our behavioral health and community-based wellness teams. So we're able to offer um, therapy at no cost to young people. We're able to offer um, housing to mm-hmm. folks between the ages of 18 to 24 who are in need of that. Okay. Now, granted, there's granted there's like a Absolutely. limitation, right? Yeah. We can't just say yeah. like every young Come person. Yeah, right. It's a party. Right. So there's always a wait list, but um, we do offer those at no cost to folks. And that program is our newest program and only continues to grow. That's amazing. And thinking too, like, because I'm old, 94. Right. It still wasn't talked about. Right. Being queer was not really discussed. And I was thinking about that this morning, knowing that you were coming in today of just like, we didn't talk about that. And it was still, unfortunately, you know, kind of a joke at the time. And it was was being made a joke to be queer and Mm -hmm. to that you were so different and there was, you know, it just didn't happen Mm -hmm. where you were. Right. And we, I mean, I grew up in Gahanna, so it wasn't that small. We had, you know, 600 kids in our class. It was Mm -hmm. a pretty big little city, but it just wasn't something that was talked about. Mm -hmm. And to think how much better off would people have been in our class that were struggling with these things that didn't have a name Mm -hmm. at the time. Right. In 94, I was in school in 94. Right. And I had no idea that anything would have existed. Well, and I think to your point of like having a space to talk about it, Mm -hmm. um, 
so much, and we could dive into the political conversation yeah. or whatever, but so much of this fear that has existed back in the 90s yep. and 80s, Absolutely. you know, it's always that, oh, kids might find out about being gay and they might become gay. I, I'll give my, I'll use myself as a prime example. Yeah. I knew what being gay meant. I don't necessarily remember learning mm -hmm. what gay was. Right. I, I kind of do, but like, yeah. you know, I, I just feel like I've always known like what that is, right? right? You know? Nevertheless, it still took me until I was almost 22 to realize mm -hmm. that I was gay, mm -hmm. right? I knew and I would always feel so envious. I'm like, gosh, I wish I was gay. That would be so nice, mm -hmm. right? And then it took me that long to be like, oh, wait, oh, that's me, right? Okay. Yeah. Most people, like, know that it exists. They don't have to be mm -hmm. sheltered from this, experience this identity, right? right? But in contrary, they learn about that identity and they see themselves in that and they're able to thrive, right? They're Absolutely. able to have an answer. Why do I feel different? How come I can't relate yeah. to my peers in this way? How come I feel a little bit off because, mm -hmm. you know, I don't like, you know, the clothes that I'm expected to right. wear, or the people I'm expected to take to prom, yeah. right? And then they see this identity. They're able to see themselves reflected in that. And that worry goes away and they're able to spend that mental energy on mm -hmm. something else, whether that's their studies or whether right. that's their extracurriculars or their relationships with their friends and family. Because yeah. I can tell you that when you're questioning your identity, when you're questioning your sexuality, your gender, that is all consuming. You could be trying to study for an exam and you can't because all you can think about is this thing that's yeah. weighing on you. Yeah. And when you're able to give name to that, when you're able right. to articulate that and be supported, that's not an issue anymore. Mm -hmm. Suddenly that's like, okay, I'm gay and I'm studying for my biology right. test or right. whatever. And I know? need a glass of water. Excuse me. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You can you can meet all those other needs once yeah. your core identity needs are met. Right. 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 And so I think to your point about, you know, in 94, that wasn't really talked about. Now it's like, you know, in all of these decades that have passed, there's still that like vilification of, oh, we can't let kids know about what it's like to be queer or trans. Right. And it's we know that it exists. We might it's, as well. It's there. Yeah. Let them identify with it. Right. And it's let okay. them be in a space where they can thrive. Right. And I, I, I think, you know, I won't go into much detail, but I do have an LGBTQIA plus kid. And I think, you know, going through the journey as a parent was sort of just like, they just need to be seen mm -hmm. and heard and understood. And this is what they relate to. Not my job to understand it. Sure. It's not up to me. I right. just need to love them. Like that was my job given to me. As a parent. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right. And I'm thankful to have grown up, especially in the theater, because sure. the theater brings out all personalities, all kinds, and, and provides the space of empathy and love mm -hmm. that isn't real prominent in a lot of other job professions. Right. Um, but to, you know, and I've worked with, with students from the beginning. I've worked with students now for like 12 years, especially high schoolers who are going through these changes. And I think that that was the biggest blessing for me with my own kid mm -hmm. was to have traveled that journey with other kids and their parents and right. to see how the parents especially dealt with, well, this is what my son is saying. Right. I don't understand it. And like. Right. And, and yeah. you know, identity is ebb and flow. So mm -hmm. what and, – and I think that's a huge misconception too, especially with like gender-affirming care conversations mm -hmm. is a lot of people say, well, you know, this person at age 12, 13, 14, 15, they don't know enough. You know, that identity could change, whatever. Um, but it's about affirming them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And, and if that identity changes over time, great, affirm them where the they're men. at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they um, to not be affirmed, whether that's not recognizing a name or pronouns or even just saying, no, you don't know yourself well enough mm -hmm. yet to know that you're gay or trans. Like, when, when you actually affirm them, we talked about this earlier, you know, your ability to thrive in right. other capacities you only goes up. Live but, life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, you know, mental health-wise, um, that little bit of affirmation, what mm -hmm. seems like a little bit of affirmation, is tremendous as far as ensuring yeah. that their mental health is on the right track, right. too. It's scary. Mm -hmm. And I, I I met with a group of students um, this past weekend, and we talked about some of the stuff they face. And I, I told them flat out, like, yeah, I'm a mom. I'm an old lady. I don't understand how you guys deal with the stuff that you go through. Mm -hmm. Like kids these days. Let me sound right. old. Yeah, no. But like students and what they have to go through now is huge. Sure. I don't think we ever had the amount of mental harshness that the students go through now. Right. And the stuff that they deal with, I don't know what it is, social media or just life in general. Mm -hmm. But it's insane how well, much things have changed. Even like I grew up with social media. I mean, yeah. I got – 
social Did media. Did you have MySpace page? Um, I didn't, but I did <gasps> join Twitter when I was 11 behind my mom's back because I wasn't allowed to have a phone or Facebook okay. or whatever. So I made a Twitter. Was it, right. was it like – You know what I did with it? it. I, I tweeted at my favorite author. It was really, really <laughs> scandalous, right? But I was, was like, your I love your books. Um, Lauren Miracle, she hasn't really published a whole lot recently, okay. but she's best known for like – like teenager, okay. young, young adult. Did she ever respond? She did. Yeah, she the one about she did like a teeth. Yes. About yeah. Teeth. Yeah. I teeth were on the cover. Yes. Like okay. The smiley I face emoji yes. ones. Yeah. I yep. never read those ones, but her Winnie Years series, okay. I devoured in middle school. So I made this Twitter account to tweet at her. But anyway, I grew up with <laughs> social media. Yeah. I made an Instagram account basically a week after the app was developed and released to the world, right? Yeah. So I had these accounts all throughout high school, but it was a different social media world even despite that because, you know, everyone talks about the algorithm, all this, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these tools that now exist on social media to kind of keep you sucked in, Mm -hmm. keep showing you content. And part of that content too is political content. Mm -hmm. And so people are seeing this and that the weight of these issues is bogging mm-hmm. people down. And not to say that, like, teenagers shouldn't pay attention to this because people, you know, right. it's but- good to be civically aware and engaged, but also when a lot of these conversations are targeting your identity or when you're mm-hmm. hearing stories about school shootings, and maybe not at your own school, but elsewhere, yep. yeah. climate change, all of these issues that directly impact you as and a young will person. will continue to. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, when people aren't given the tools, you know, no one's teaching right. you a class in high school on, on media literacy and what to do with this information, yeah. right? So that's that – What a good class. That needs yeah, to happen. exactly. I hope that's – Like in addition to social studies, right? Yes. Like you could be learning, you know, in your government right. class, right. media literacy. How do we decipher information yes. that's being handed to us? Right. Okay. Yeah, I love that. We'll see. We'll I can't see. teach it, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, right, right. Maybe someday. <laughs> Maybe someday. So KYC provides – First off, where did Kaleidoscope come from? Just the the beautiful combination of colors and yeah. If okay. I had to guess, that would be yeah. I would say just from the beautiful co- colors and yeah. how you know everything just it all combines and makes this beautiful even, piece yeah. of art. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. That's a great question. Yeah. I'm gonna have to ask. The I assume, yeah. But mm-hmm. I do like that. And you mm-hmm. y'all serve kids 12 to 22. Is that correct? Uh, so our programming at our drop-in center is mm-hmm. primarily for ages 12 to 20. Okay. So you can come on your 12th birthday, and the day before your 21st is your last day. Um, we do have. I heard. know. Oh. I know. Right. Yeah. I've, I've watched a couple youth age out, and I'm kind of like, man, your 21st birthday is an exciting time, but that's kind of sad, you know. <laughs> But we do have programming once a month for okay. folks between the ages of 8 to 11 mm-hmm. and parents as well, guardians. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have programming once a month for 18 to 24. Mm-hmm. So some of our older youth who may have yeah. aged out of traditional yeah. programming, they can come back and hang out. Because what a home to find. Right. That's amazing. And and our other programs like our community-based wellness, that serves up to age 24 as well. But yeah, I, I think you know so much – when we think about queer spaces, a lot of times mm-hmm. people think of bars, and that's yeah. historically where right. you know community community has yeah. grown and evolved yep. as in queer bars. Um, for people under the drinking age, we know that historically people yeah. under the age of twenty one who are queer go into these queer bars yeah. to try to find that community and right. to try to find, especially if a person has been kicked out of their home. Mm-hmm. That's where they seek community and have historically done so. So I think having a space like KYC, that third space that's not school or work or home, a space that they can go, let their guard down, and Mm -hmm. substance-free, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just a place where, yeah. Yeah. And and something that I wish that I had is somebody who's not within that age demographic, Mm -hmm. too, you know? So I think it's a really remarkable space that we're able to provide. So – when when kids are in that eight to twelve range, you do allow parents to mm-hmm. to be a part of that. Just I mean, because they're young, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that programming definitely looks different than it does with say sure. high schoolers. Sure. It's, you know, coloring and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but there, it's also a time for parents to come and have conversation with each other because, like you said, yeah. you know, their young person comes out and it's like, wow, this is you know, what do I do <laughs> new, news to me? And I want to support you, but I yeah. want to make sure I'm doing the right things, right? So we have that, and then once a month we also have another parents and guardians night. Okay. Um, a virtual option so mm-hmm. people statewide, yeah, anyone could tune in and yeah. be part of that conversation. I know that that was big for me, especially was was not just having worked with students, which is great, but mm-hmm. those are like that's a different ball game, right? With younger folks, but talking with other parents who'd gone through it and right and hearing that it was okay to struggle with it right. as a parent, like not really know what the right 
responses. Would exactly. Be, you right. Know? Right. Because you want to say it. You want to say the right things, but then there's always the pressure of like, am I saying it in the right way? Am I using the yeah. correct terminology? Right. Is what I'm saying outdated? But really, the biggest terms you need to know are like, okay, thanks for telling me. Mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. I support you. Mm-hmm. Tell me what we can do to. Right to grow from here. Yeah. Like, tell me how I can support you too. And, and I started to learn too how to apologize when yeah, I sure. do it right. Sure, sure. Didn't say it right. Yeah. Like, forgive me. I'm sorry. Right. Working on it. Right. <laughs> I'll exactly. get there. I'm slow. Right. <laughs> but and, and sometimes those words can mean the world, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to have that admission of like, I know that you as the young person, like, you are the expert in your own identity mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. You, you only you as an individual know the conversations going on in your head, like the mm-hmm. the thoughts and reflections that you're having. You know, as a yeah. parent, I, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine. Take it would your be time. Hard. Yeah, I imagine it would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, not anytime soon. But I imagine it would be hard to see this individual who you've raised mm-hmm. and like, you know, who you grew for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Right? You have this vision of yeah. what this person is going to be like, and when that deviates in some way. Um, I know like in my experience too, that was something that I had to face with my parents was just like, oh, they had this vision in their mind and all of a sudden that was different, right? And that's, you can't fault people for that. Um, What you can fault them for is if they're not willing to evolve that perception, you know? I think that like where, I'm always blessed to have born when I was born because I was, I'm an 80s baby. Uh Uh-huh but 90s kid. Yeah. Okay. And I think that there was so much of a change that was happening. And so especially the the folks that were born like, I don't know, three to five years above and mm-hmm. below my year, we were the out of the digital in or out of the analog into the digital. Uh-huh. So we saw a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And I just find that there's a little bit more apathy and a little more like, okay, hold on. New information. Let me process. Yeah, sure. But okay. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, not overall, of course, but I, I mean, living in a city has certainly helped. Sure. Working in the theater has certainly helped, but I know that's not the case with extended family. Sure. And, I mean, I'm sure, do you get a lot of students that, I sorry, I say students, sure. I'm used to working with students, you yeah. get a lot of kids that just have no support in any direction. Yeah, we, we have a fair um, distribution of yeah. levels of support. We have some right. people who find their way to KYC from mm-hmm. the bus and they get there and, you know, we hang out with them and some people are like, you know, when my parent calls, if my parent contacts, whatever, like use this name and pronouns instead of what I go by here, you know? And so we have to be aware of that. And then we have other parents who drop their youth off and they hang out in the parking lot and Mm -hmm. then pick them up when it's done. You know what I mean? Because they're making that far drive multiple times a week. Um, So all all different levels. But I will say too, in addition to our parent support groups, Mm -hmm. um, KYC also does trainings for Mm. um, individuals or for corporations or for employee groups or organizations, whatever the case is. Um, We can have either an online training Mm -hmm. that's available or an in-person for a larger group. And these are great for parents or teachers or anybody who's like, I really want to learn more, but maybe I'm afraid to ask. Or I really want to learn more and don't know where to begin Mm because there's so much information. Mm -hmm. Um, At kycohio.org slash education, you can find all of that information. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, You you can find all of that. And I I think that's really helpful because a lot of people are like, oh, well, of course I know what LGBT stands for, but QIA and mm-hmm. what, you know, mm-hmm. when's the appropriate time to use which term and right. pronoun use, that yeah. kind of thing. It's it's a good baseline and it's Absolutely. okay to admit like, okay, I don't know everything. Yeah. Right. Oh, no. I, I know very little. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that too, that the one that's the expert is the one that is living in my house. Right. You know, that they're, I can go to my child and be like, all right, Help me out with this. <laughs> right. Well, right, because you could you can know, know everything about what it's like to be transgender in theory. Like you can mm-hmm. learn all the terminology or whatever, and then you talk to this individual, and maybe that individual doesn't vibe with a certain term. Sure. Or maybe they don't want to use yeah. the term trans or queer or whatever right. it is. So getting to know individuals and talking to them and, you know, mm-hmm. growing through those conversations yeah. is always helpful too. And it's not my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's part of it too is like just respecting that this is – this is somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to understand every piece and part. Mm-hmm. I have a 12 year old boy that smells terrible. I don't get him. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I probably never will. But right. Like, I'll support him. Yeah. I'll also encourage him to wear deodorant. Right, often. yes, showers are good. We're working on that. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get there. Somebody yeah. else has got to tell him. I'm waiting for that sure. somebody yeah, to pop exactly. into his life and tell mm-hmm. him deodorant is a good thing. Yeah, somebody who's not his mom. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
He even told a friend. He had a friend over, and he's like, my mom always hugs me. And she's like, did you put deodorant on? I'm like, because you smell. Right, but, right. And that friend probably. Yeah, probably gets dealing with the same deodorant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> so what has it been like for you working in an organization with youth and mm-hmm. uh, potentially, you know, s- students who are struggling significantly with where they are in life and yeah. how they're feeling? and I think one thing that's hard, we talked earlier in the conversation about what it was like for me to be at the state house mm-hmm. um, when I was working there yeah. uh, with the legislature. And that was difficult for me because there's so many issues that arise that are mm-hmm. affecting Ohioans, affecting me adjacently, right? right? You know what right. I mean? Like with things like gun legislation, yeah. like ideally, fingers crossed, I will never find myself in a situation where somebody pulls out a gun, right? But, you know, Can't we live in – Exactly, yeah. right. You, we live in the United States and yep. anything is possible. So, yeah. But I can think to myself like, okay, that maybe won't impact me, right? You can try to distance yourself right. and that's not necessarily a healthy way to approach uh, it either, but you do what you can. With the current legislation around gender-affirming care and what students can hear in schools and where they can go to the bathroom and how they can identify and all of these things directly targeting them, Mm -hmm. working with young people, because it's that dichotomy where I I spend a lot of my days at the state house talking with Mm -hmm. adults and, you know, being in the room where things happen. And then immediately I'll go back to KYC and I'll be talking to the youth who Mm -hmm. their lives will fundamentally change by this. Exactly. It's not a matter of like, will I find myself in a grocery store where there's somebody with a gun? It's like this young Mm -hmm. person is like, I am trans and I don't know how how I will go to the bathroom if this bill passes, period. And so that it's both uplifting in a way to go and actually like talk to the young people because you're at the state house. It would be very easy for you to feel like, oh, all trans people are villains and because there's that like othering that happens, right? And then you go and hang out with these trans kids who are just like goofing off playing Mm -hmm. D&D. Like they just want to have fun. They just want to be loved and being able to be in that space with that youthful energy. It's it's both uplifting in that way and also incredibly disheartening because you develop these relationships with people and then you just only want the best for them. And then to look them in the eye and be like, yeah, I don't know how you're going to go to the bathroom. Like that's, how do you tell a kid that? I know. You know, Ugh, this world, this is, I, I, mean, I know this is kind of like a very odd question or just too out there, but do you think that the challenge with the acceptance overall sits more in what people feel is this is just the way it should be? Mm-hmm. Or is it more fear? Because I always feel like it's fear-based. Mm-hmm. The, the folks that are against any transgender rights that should be in place that are fighting against is like, what are you afraid of? Right. It feels like it's set in fear to I, me. Yes, I, I would I would agree. Um, well, I think a lot of it is rooted in just people trying to get reelected and finding the next issue that they could bite right. on, right? Right. That, that being the root, then they're able to tell these stories that are mm-hmm. rooted in fear and can mm-hmm. get other people afraid. People who might not know any trans people or might right. not realize they know any trans yeah. people. Because, you know, you hear the people who come to testify against things like House Bill 68, which mm-hmm. would take away yep. um, trans youth, uh, their ability to access gender-affirming care and mm-hmm. play sports. People who are coming to testify on this come from all ends of the political spectrum. Okay. And a lot of them— have had their minds changed because they met a trans person, because their kid came out as trans, yep. because, you know, their neighbor did, their whoever. They they took the time to hear their stories yeah. and to listen, and they realize, yeah. oh, oh, you're the same person uh-huh. who I loved five minutes ago before you came out to me, you know, and yeah. you're able to empathize a little bit more. Yeah. And I think, you know, that fear, it goes away when you realize this thing is not so scary, right? And it's not very far away. Right. If you open your eyes. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I Something, and I can't take credit for this quote, and I don't know who, who to attribute it to, mm-hmm. but something that's said often is like, you know, if you don't know anybody who's gay, it's because you haven't made yourself accepting enough to, right. or like you haven't proven that you're accepting yeah. enough for them to come out to you. You right. probably know someone who's gay. Yeah. Same thing with somebody who's trans. Like if you don't know someone who's trans, like you probably do. They just don't feel safe enough to come out to you. So I think just yeah. having that willingness to open up your mind and realize these are kids we're talking about. Like they're teenagers. Right. There, there's a lot of reasons, like, you know, not putting on deodorant. Sure. There's a lot of reasons to be afraid of teenagers. If you know you what I mean? Tell but, me you know, why he doesn't wear Yeah, exactly. Somebody, right, right. Like there's a lot. And, and I say that with a joking, right, teenagers right. are teenagers. But like, you know, there's a lot of reasons, like maybe they're talking back to you or maybe they're not wearing deodorant or whatever. But like fundamentally disliking them because of just 
who they are, like an identity that they hold yeah. is just so unbelievably oh, wrong, it's right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and to have them now, because honestly, like 13 and above is sort of my happy place to work with sure. students. Sure. Yeah. Not the kids aren't great, but I've done that. Yeah. I prefer to work with the ones who have their mindset a little bit differently and have, you know, grown a little bit, ask deeper questions, mm-hmm. are looking for themselves in the process. And that's as an acting coach, like that's my happy shirts sure. to work with them because that instills something, whether or not they go into it, but the questions they ask will lead them into things of their adulthood. And I mm-hmm. love seeing the, the growth on that. But yeah, it is scary. It's a weird time in life, but it's like the worst time in life to turn your back on a kid, though, either. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, whether you're queer or trans or straight or cisgender, like mm-hmm. what, however you identify, you can think back to being in middle school and high school. And maybe like most people, you're like, I, you couldn't pay me enough nope. to go back then, right? Because nope. your body is going through so many changes and you're working things out with friends. And, you yep. know, we can all think of the horrors it was awful. of middle school. Oh, yeah. And then to have on top of that, like you feel different than your peers. Yeah. And you feel like you don't quite fit in and maybe you don't know why or maybe you do know why and you're not sure if you'll be accepted. Like, can you imagine being in that space and then not having a supportive family or to not have supportive peers or teachers or Mm -hmm. to have supportive teachers, but the teachers are now being told by law to not support you or maybe they're afraid, you know. So there's all these factors. It's like, why can't we just all agree that we need to make teenagers' lives a little bit easier, Uh right? It's hard enough as is. Take yourself back to that moment. Remember that awful middle school? Right. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Do you feel, and I know this is, again, kind of a broad question and it's hard to be specific because we don't know every area, but do you find that schools are doing well with advocacy for LGBTQIA youth or is it just dependent upon where that school is located? Yeah, unfortunately, um, it definitely is dependent on the district. Okay. And there are some districts who are doing a tremendous job Mm -hmm. at implementing inclusive policies. Yeah. There are some schools that have implemented inclusive policies, received a little bit of pushback, and immediately withdrawn yeah. what they've said. And you know what? We're, we're right. backtracking, right? right. Um, there are some schools that have gone the complete opposite and implemented exclusive policies mm-hmm. um, preemptively because that maybe right. they're anticipating legislation coming down and they're like, well, let's just get ahead of the game and let's do this. Or maybe yeah. they've been waiting to do it anyway and now it's just their chance. Mm. Um so it really does depend on the district. And that's so hard because mm-hmm. I you think have about, a choice on that all the time. Right. Exactly. And like young people, it's not like they have a say in where they go to school in mm-hmm. most cases. Like this is just the district you're enrolled in and that's yep. where you're going to go. Or, you know, because it's it's hard when you have a teacher you don't like and you just have to deal with them for a little while. And maybe you don't like the class. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not into calculus or whatever. But when that teacher is like being told to – disrespect right. you in some right. way, right? Right. It makes it so much harder. And when you're trying to find yourself, yeah. those are the, like, you want to go to the adults. That's what we were always told. Go to an adult when right. you need help. But what if the adult's, like, the worst person you can go right. to? I actually had um, a teacher in high school, Mark Lowry, he's actually the mm-hmm. Ohio 2024 yeah. Teacher Western. of the Year. Yeah, uh, Gehanna now. Yeah, Gehanna, sorry. But he actually taught up in Amherst at the oh time. Oh, my gosh, So I yeah. had the chance to have him. Okay. So shameless plug, go Mark Lowry. Go Mark, but yeah. But he, um, the very first day in his broadcasting class, which was a two-year program, mm-hmm. Before we ever touched a camera, before we ever had the opportunity to tell a story, he sat us down and, you know, went over the classroom rules. And Mm -hmm. what stood out to me so much is that that was the first time that I had a teacher say, like, you will not use these slurs in my class, period. You use them, you're out of the class. And it was something like, you will never use the word gay in a derogatory manner. Like, Mm -hmm. if I hear you say, that's so gay, out, no questions asked, right? And same with, like, the R word, the N word, Mm -hmm. like, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And... That stuck with me because even though I didn't realize I was gay at the time, I was like, wow, I have never had a teacher say that, right? And so when we're talking about inclusive policies for schools, we're not asking teachers to be experts in the subject matter. We're not asking them to all hang up rainbow flags and demand that all of their students change their pronouns by the end of the year, right? Right. But but what they should be able to do is just that, say, you're not going to disrespect your fellow yeah. peers, yeah. right? And I'll respect you the same, you know? That's a pretty simple rule to follow. Exactly. Yeah. It's not that hard, but... Oh, wait, that's the golden rule. <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. So it, it's things like that that, you know, yeah. taking away school's ability to do that or maybe making schools feel like they can't do things like that. Mm-hmm. And again, all we're asking is for them to follow the golden rule, as you yeah. just said. So it doesn't have to be profound, but those really simple does. measures really do make a big impact. And um, probably, too, for a student who 
had heard slurs before. Sure. To hear that from a teacher of like, I'm safe here. Yeah. And I know that's such a huge part of developmental abilities for a youth, especially in the teenage years as they're developing. I need to feel safe. Right. The hierarchy of needs, that's a big one. Exactly. I mean, the food, the shelter, the safe. Right. Uh, like, And that's why spaces like, you know, I know using that example, like the TV studio, that was my safe yep. space. Like it felt yep. like coming home when I was there. Mm-hmm. I, in my brain, often liken KYC to mm-hmm. the TV studio. Like mm-hmm. KYC is somebody's TV studio. Yep. It's their place where they can come, let their guard down, just themselves. relax, be yeah. themselves. They don't have to yep. worry about what else is going on They mm-hmm. because – we got that. We'll take care of that. We'll make sure that the shelves are stocked with food, whatever. Yeah. Like, you can just go play D&D, and we got everything Man, else. y'all are feeding teenagers. Right. I know. Yeah, don't let word go. food donations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we always do. Um, I cannot imagine the yeah. food that flies off the shelves. Uh, fruit snacks, Welch's fruit snacks are like— the number one? They're like gold. Honestly, really? they get on the shelf, and they're gone immediately. How are the, what's the goldfish supply like? Um, goldfish, they're good. We like flavor blasted goldfish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that, the I mean, way that's to go. right. That's yeah. right. The um, other is just right. the weaker cousin. Exactly. Of the yeah. Blast. Eh, if, you, if you really are starving, oh, you, yeah. you can eat that, but flavor sure. blasted. Ramen. Flaming hot or the Takis. Yeah. Yeah. Spicy things seem to be. Yes. Yeah. Like the extra spicy ramen. Mm-hmm. I don't know the brand or whatever because I can't handle it. I'm a wimp with spice, but <laughs> other people like it. It goes yeah. off the shelf. Yeah. Capri Sun. Still? Yes, Capri Sun. Yeah. And honestly, starting to work at KYC, I had a Capri Sun for the first time in like the better part of two decades. And I was like, whoa. Oh, that's exactly the same. It's like your brain tingles awake and all of a sudden it's 2005 and I'm in elementary school Still sweet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's brutally sweet. We were only allowed to have them when we went camping. So that was like a specific camping drink. Nice. That was, for some reason, mom let up on the sugar stuff when we were camping. Right. But I don't know if I could handle it now. It's it's intense. Although I, as a kid, I thought the Capri Suns were much bigger than they actually are. They're really only the size of your hand. They might have shrunk, though. That's they did possible. that with a lot of things. That's true. I don't know. That's true. But yeah, it is a lot. Afterward, you're like, I need water. <laughs> you dilute this. Exactly. <laughs> the cloying. <laughs> yes, exactly. It kind of burns your throat. There's so, so much What sugar. do the kids like to do most when they're there for just hangout time? A lot of games. Yeah. We actually – we have a Wii and we have a Nintendo okay. Switch that they play with okay. still. Like it's your Just you know, Dance from 2010 and they're still really? rocking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, D&D is such a hit on Friday nights. We have a couple different campaigns. So every other week um, – one group of youth, they have their campaign, and then the following week, it's the next campaign. And even those who it's not their campaign, they'll come and watch the really? other one. Yeah. Um, big hit. Uh, and honestly, just sitting around and talking. Like, you, there's we have different rooms at KYC, yep. and you could pop in, and they're having a conversation about something bizarre and obscure, mm-hmm. and then walk into the next room, and it's the same. You know, so there's always a new thing that's being discussed. Um Art is huge. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of talented artists. Yeah. There are so many people who, you know, when they're not playing D&D, they're drawing their characters mm-hmm. or they're sketching out mm-hmm. something. Everyone's yeah. like, look at what I just drew. I'm like, you you just drew that? That didn't yeah. take you months to, you know, to My kid sketch? That yeah, way. it's amazing. Yep. I know. And it's like, did you look at something? Yeah, you didn't you, trace That came this? out of your nose? Yeah. Like, how? Right. You can't it's, draw a stick figure to save my life. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> do they do uh, music programs? Is there any music type stuff that I, kids like to do? There. So we actually just recently, like, kind of got rid of some of the stuff that we had, like, physically in the mm-hmm. space. Um, we had a piano for a while. Mm-hmm. We actually have a keyboard. There's okay. always somebody plunking out something on the keyboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guitar, like, there's always somebody pl- strumming something. Mm-hmm. Usually on Friday nights, too. You can nice. hear it wafting, and you're like, oh, oh that. wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, so definitely with the artistic mm-hmm. students, we also have the musically gifted student or oh, yeah. you know youth as well. Yeah. So it's very cool. Oh, so much fun. I'd love to do improv if they ever want to. Honestly, do an yes. improv night. I was having that thought as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk because um, we have a summer program for mm-hmm. young people, our summer institute. Yeah, um, and that's for four weeks in July, mm-hmm. going into August, and definitely that would be a leadership activity. Yeah, sure, for sure. It's, uh, I love too that there's a space because I know. For any artistic weirdo kid, there's not always a haven for that. Yeah. Like a right. place where you can go because it's such a competitive world. And it's oh, sure. A- right. And there's the pressure to have to be the best at everything you do. And that's the case with anybody that involved in matter. any yep. hobby Absolutely. ever, right? It's yep. like you can't just have a hobby because you like to do it. You have to be the best at it. And sometimes it's good to just right. You not want to be on the JV yeah. of anything. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. 
It's hard enough to be a kid, but right. to be competitive. And then especially, too, when we live in this world where everything is toted on social media. Oh, for sure. Somebody's always better than you. I mean, which is true. Right. A life lesson we have to learn. But it'd be nice to be really good at something for a while. Yeah, you know, exactly. And to be known for it. Well, you know, bringing it back to the legislative conversation, mm-hmm. that's something that I think about all the time when we're talking about trans athletes and mm-hmm. ability to participate in sports, yeah. right? Because so many people are like, oh, if we let this trans woman play sports, she's going to beat all of these cis women. And it's like, okay, she might, right? Sure. And that's like, yeah. All a part of being involved in sports is somebody's right. going to beat you, be you know, even if she didn't play on the team or yeah. against you or whatever, somebody probably would beat you regardless. You know what right. I mean? And so that need to be the best at everything, it, it also then starts to spin into the like, mm-hmm. well, you know, we have to make it fair for everyone and we have to cut down. It's like it's back to the participation. Right. Exactly. Then. It's the yeah. participation trophy, which, you know. Can we all enjoy a participation trophy? Sure. Yeah. Sometimes I think, you know, when I was a kid playing soccer, I earned that participation trophy just by showing up. God bless it, you. I never even played. It <laughs> took enough for me to get out of the car on a rainy day and go out on the field. I earned that trophy, you know. It's, but, you know, making it so that, like, oh, everyone ha- – yeah. It's not. It's that argument. It's like sometimes right. you could just do something because yeah. it's fun and it's right. good for your mental health. You don't have to win everything you do. Nope. And if you enjoy it, if it right. makes you happy and it brings you peace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. brings you some sort of joy and accomplishment. Exactly. There it is. Right. Yay, you did it. You meet friends. You yeah. enjoy being being part of a team. Yeah. Like, that's all part of it. What's your favorite part of KYC? <sighs> My favorite I know, sorry. part of KYC. I love when a young person comes to KYC for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they're always a little bit nervous when they first walk in the door because you're nervous oh, yeah. anytime you go to right. a new place Anything. for the first time. Yeah. I was nervous coming here for the first Aww. time because I didn't know where parking well, Also, you know, that didn't parked. help. Yeah, yeah exactly. that <laughs> But, you know, you're nervous going to a new place and then to show up in this space filled with, mm-hmm. you know, people who have been coming here for years and in some cases. Snacks right, exactly, snacks. right? Yeah. And, and you show up and they're a little bit nervous. And then when all of a sudden you see them sit down with a group of people who mm-hmm. say, hey, we got a seat over here. Do you want to come join us? And you see that click and you see them yeah. start to – like chip away. I think of the um, Campbell's Soup commercial, the old one from like – it might be from the early 2000s, huh. but it's not a recent commercial where the kid's playing outside in the snow. Yeah, and he, and he comes in as a snowman and he melts down after it's eating the, the chicken soup. Thing. That That's the way that I see it. When people come Aww. into KYC, they're a little bit like yeah. cold and nervous and then they melt away. Yeah. And the soup is the community there, right? That's oh, that's, that's my so favorite cool. part of it. Mm-hmm. And kids need that so bad. Mm-hmm. Adults need that exactly. Too. Yeah, I was going to say like, that too. Yeah, we need that space as well because we don't do that as often as we should. Right, as adults. So right, sit here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's. I mean, I. That's why I do love doing improv here. Is that we can provide that space. Like here, come play with us. Exactly. That's literally, what we're saying. Come play. Right. But right. we don't get that in in business spaces. And right. Even social spaces or like the number of times that you see. People will reach out on social media like, is there any groups of people that just hang out? Like, I just right, want to get yes. to know. And it's such a big thing that they're asking that I love that yes. they do that. People don't want to do that. We need community so bad. Yeah. I mean, that sounds unbelievably cliche. No, and I think all. we all experience that during the pandemic when yeah. we realize, oh, we can't be around people all the time. Like, mm-hmm. gosh, what I wouldn't give to be in a right. crowded elevator right yeah. now, you know? And I think, you know, having a space where community is just like – you know, when you're in high school, you know that everyone is with at roughly the same age as you, mm-hmm. give or take three years, mm-hmm. right? You go to college, same thing. Right. You spend your whole life in these spaces where community is kind of Natural. part of mm-hmm. the deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're thrust off into the real world and you're like, gosh, like, where do I find friends? Where's, where's yeah, the weirdos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need spaces like that where people can come together. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's when we always talk about it with my younger one who's in seventh grade, like mm-hmm. the worst of the worst. Sure. And we do tell him flat out, like, this is it, man. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, you got to go through it. Yeah. But it gets better. It does. And when you find your weirdos, yeah. that's when it hits. Yeah. And you, I love seeing the change in kids. I had one student that I worked with in children's theater, and I, I said, what's the time in your life where you felt full yeah. because of where you were? And he said, going to children's theater. Yeah, that's cool. Because nobody at my school understands me. Mm. But when I come here, like, I can be myself. That was me in, in children's sure. choir. Yeah. Like, I found my weirdos, luckily, in my middle school years and right. was able to move that into the rest of my life. But, you know, especially if you're going through changes mm-hmm. and challenges where you're not the norm, whatever yeah. the norm is these days. I don't know mm-hmm. that there is a norm right. anymore, you know. But to right. find your weirdos, mm-hmm. and I always joke about that, but, like, 
it's an important thing when you finally do. Yeah. I, I love seeing my eldest kiddo finding their space in in school. Not it's not always great, but they found the theater kids. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You, you have to find your group. <laughs> I'm like, find another career. This one doesn't pick. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, yep. I'm so thankful that there are spaces like that, like what you guys are providing for for youth of all different walks of life mm -hmm. to be like, eh, come sit on the couch, have a Capri Sun with us. Literally, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not that hard. Yep. yep. Oh, that's so great. So mm -hmm. if somebody, if if a parent is looking for for help on that, what's their, what? how do they go to you for assistance for sure. that? Uh, visit kycohio.org. Mm -hmm. Everything is there. We have our calendar up to date. We have, if you're looking to get involved as a volunteer, mm -hmm. if you want to learn more as a parent, if yeah. you want to participate in any of the educational trainings mm -hmm. that we have or the online courses, mm -hmm. um, if you're looking to donate, anything related to KYC. Yeah, do right? that. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. Donate. We are always accepting fruit snacks. <laughs> we'll take your money and yes. fruit snacks. Yes. Um, that's that's the hub to go, I, especially yeah. if you're a parent looking. We get a lot of people. I'm always at events where I'm tabling and mm -hmm. passing out information. Mm -hmm. And we get so many parents who are like, I really want my kid to come to you, but they're a little bit apprehensive. Yeah. Have your child, like, follow us on social media. Mm -hmm. We're on TikTok yep. and Instagram and all that. Like, Sometimes it's helpful to just kind of see a little bit online yep. before you set foot oh, yeah. in the space. But that's how they work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I work too. Yeah. You know, so um, all the resources are on there. You can also, you know, reach out to info at kycohio.org. Okay. Um, I'll also give my email address, Mallory M A L L O R Y at kycohio.org. I love the name Mallory. I have oh. to say that too. I was a um, Babysitters Club. Yes. Advocate growing. Yes. Up, so. Yes. And I read the Babysitters Club a little bit, like probably 10 years Did you read later. like the, was it a graphic novel by that point? I, I never read the graphic okay. novel. So I have cousins. Have books, yeah. Though. I have cousins that are about your age okay. based on what you've described yeah. for your I mean, age. I'm 22. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so they gave me all of their books and that's uh, what I read. Okay. And, um, Did you connect with oh, one of the girls? Absolutely. Mallory. You did? Okay. Mallory is such a rare name, absolutely. all things considered, that yeah. I didn't always have. Yeah. But I think in actuality, Christy. You are Christy. Yeah, yeah, Christy for sure. I never really clicked with one. I always wanted to be a Claudia, though. I did, too. She was so she cool. She was so cool. And her outfits. I tried to recreate the outfits, but the problem oh, was yeah. I was not in fifth grade in 1992, right? So I'm trying to recreate these fashions in 2007. No, yeah. I could not do it. No. Not enough scarves yeah, in the world. Yeah, it was no. yeah, not cool enough. She was always cool. I was probably more of a Dawn. I was going to say, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it was the blonde hair or the vibe. Oh, but none of this is Dawn. real. But yeah. yeah. But no, Dawn. I liked Dawn enough, but she was just kind of chill. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be Claudia, though. Yes. Yeah. She was just so cool. Yeah, Never was, Marianne, though. Yeah. I'm not a yeah, Marianne. Yeah, poor Marianne. She was always, you she know, a baby. She yeah. had Logan, though. Yeah, she did. She found Logan I'm, I'm really on. glad that Anna Martin gave Marianne yeah. that, you Give know. the quiet one, the boyfriend. Exactly. Have you watched the Babysitter's Club series on Netflix? Mm -mm. Okay, that's your Is it good? It is really okay. well done. Okay. I, that helped get me through the pandemic because I think the first oh. series came out that summer. Or Did the they first follow the season. books? To a T. Are you and, serious? Yeah, and they modernize it just a little bit, enough that you're like, okay, okay this plausibly takes place yeah. in 2020, but not enough that it's okay. like, it is so true to the storyline. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I did watch my pandemic show was Pen 15. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because that was me. I, I literally texted a best friend on the episode where they were doing AOL. Oh, sure. Yeah. Instant messenger. It's yep. like, did somebody record us during a sleepover? Yeah. That's exactly what happened to us. Isn't that fun when you can I will see have it? to yeah. watch that. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I That was our, our car road trip. Yeah. We would save a book for Kansas, specifically. We drove sure. from Ohio to Colorado. Oh, that's brilliant. Kansas is like a ridiculously dead six-hour drive. Uh-huh. So we'd always save one Babysitter Club book that for that drive. That is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. I love that. I had smart parents. Yeah. Who wanted us to shut up during road trips. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, that is awesome. And then for youth, would social media would probably be a really good way to just kind of start, find out information. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are everywhere at KYC Ohio. Okay. Um, that's a great place to find information about 
programs that are happening or yeah. if we have any like special events coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, our programming, because of where we're located, it's kind of limited to yeah. central Ohio. But like if you're a young person living up in Cleveland or Toledo or Dayton mm-hmm. or wherever, um, we also have our GSA network. So if okay. you're involved in your school's uh, GSA, Gender Sexuality mm-hmm. Alliance, um, or Pride Club or whatever it's called right. at your school, you can actually connect in with oh, our cool. GSA network and you can okay. be part of that network and yeah. connect with others throughout the state. So there's ways to get involved even if you're not here in central Ohio. Love that. Yeah. And if people want to donate. KYCOhio.org slash donut. <laughs> Amazing. Slash donate. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Is there anything that y'all are in need of like right now that – you know, we can put a call to action for Yeah, we, like, we have a resource room, which is really okay. cool. Um, anyone, we don't card you at the door. If you are in need of something or want something, you yeah. could come to our resource room. And we're always taking things like um, deodorant or mm-hmm. other toiletries. Um, uh, clothing we can take if it's new. Um, okay. We don't take, like, donate, you know. That's like, just hard right? Yeah, it you, too much. Exactly. Yeah. Um, food, anything that you might imagine. If you were a an 18-year-old teenager who's trying to figure things out on their own maybe you don't have your home to go home to right like those are resources that are in need yeah yeah perfect yeah thanks for asking I love that no I I love your organization and I mean it's close to my heart and we we just love hearing about Columbus organizations yeah and and what you're doing and kids always have a big place in my heart so thank you for what you're doing yeah thanks for having me on thanks Mallory and I will I will I will watch the series you you need to there's also I mean depends on how much we can delve into the Babysitter's Club now. So delve. There is a podcast called Stuck in Stony Brook that I have recently gone down that rabbit hole. Every single episode is about a different book. And there's three individuals who host the podcast. And they're Two of them are sisters. One of them is their, like, lifelong best friend. And they, I imagine, are roughly your age. So they grew up on the books. And they're now – I forget their (laughs) um, positions, titles now. But one of them is, like, a child and adolescent psychologist. One of them is a feminist scholar. And I forget what the other one is. Oh, okay. So they're coming at it from different angles. And it's really – it's like listening to a really, really well-thought-out book club. Like, if you are really wanting to have a fun book club discussion, like, it's like listening to that. So they're – talking about, you know, the number the, – the adjectives used to describe the girls. So, like, Christy is bossy and yeah. Marianne is babyish and Dawn mm-hmm. is – or Claudia is exotic. And yes. you know what I mean? How many yeah. times do they Stacey's each get these – popular Exactly. Or like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, elegant, I think, Stacey gets. Yeah. yeah. So, something like that. But they, they break down, like – how this character reacted in this situation. Mm -hmm. Is this how a 13-year-old really would have handled the situation? Mm -hmm. Does this make sense, like, from that psychology? Or why did this happen? Like, yeah. Really, really well thought out. You're yeah, pulling me away from true crime. I hope you know. Yeah, that, so. it's it's okay. definitely a different vibe than true crime, unless it's like Claudia and the Phantom Phone Call. That's yeah, kind of remember true that crime. one. Yeah, I did like that one. Yeah, I'm oh. still trying to think of what's. There's a lot of books, let's be fair, mm-hmm. but I did like the vacation ones. Yes. Those were some my. Ones. I think my favorite one, which I gave to somebody at some point and never, never got back, um, which is a huge regret of mine, but it's mm-hmm. the one where they get shipwrecked. Yes. That one was so good and really made me think that there was a – there's likelihood a that I would Absolutely. get shipwrecked. And I was like, yeah. how would I collect water? That was the 80s with quicksand. Yes. We were <laughs> yeah. guaranteed to die in quicksand yeah. at some point in our lives. That is so funny. I remember my grandma getting a book for me from the library with quicksand tips in oh. it and me being like, I should take note of yeah. this. Yeah. Because it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Apparently. Yeah. In every movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will watch that. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the podcast? Uh, stuck in Stony Brook. Stuck in Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have to write that down. Mm-hmm. Mally, so this good. is so much fun. Yeah, thank this you. Is great. I've never gotten homework from a podcast before yeah. that I'm actually going to do. So I'm yeah, really excited. Good. About it's it's a really good. At a certain point, so I didn't know this either. I I could be taking up too much of everyone's no, time. Totally so cut me off. But I w- I have always been mystified by how Anna Martin wrote so many books. She only wrote up to book like 35 or something like that, and so after that, it's ghost written. I think I remember. The change of that happening. Yeah. Or hearing about that. Yeah. And now reading them, because I never really, like, the books that I got from my cousin, they didn't go up that high. And then other ones that I'd find in the library, like, it was hard to find the older ones. Or, I mean, like, the more recent ones, the later ones in the series. And I do agree. Like, they're written differently. Mm -hmm. They feel more rushed through and stuff. Because I've gone back and read Didn't that happen, like, with Sweet Valley? I never read the Sweet Valley I imagine. Yeah. Whatever, but I imagine so. I only read a couple of those yeah. books, but Fear Street 
the R.L. Stein books. Sure. I did read some yeah. of those because they those were fun. I didn't get into any other series though. Like I got mm-hmm. into Babysitters. Yeah, book. agreed. And I think that that like for me growing up, there weren't girl centric books. Yes, we just didn't have that. Well, I the pipeline from like. American Girl, mm-hmm. Little House on the Prairie, okay. and to, which if you ever read Little House on the Prairie, My you didn't. Sister did. Okay, yeah, because I, I had another did. podcast recommendation okay. for you. Um, American Girl, Little House on the Prairie, Babysitters Club. Mm-hmm. You have all these books with strong-willed female characters, yep. where, with the exception of Dawn, or sorry, of Marianne and Logan, mm-hmm. it's not really like you know crushing after a boy, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Boy Crazy Stacy, another classic. Yes. Um, yes. At a certain point, like those books are too easy of a reading level, right? You move on. And I found that I stopped reading in middle school-ish, junior high, um, not because I thought reading was uncool. Like, I love to read, but I would just keep rereading these Babysitter's Club yep. books that I'd read when I was eight, yep. you know? And I now go back and attribute that to, like, so many of the books for that reading level are, like, Boy Meets Girl Next Door, and they fall in love, and oh, how cute, the football player. And I just didn't jive with that, right? Yeah. Or it was, like, Harry Potter and fantasy, and I didn't right. want that. I wanted yeah. the strong-willed female character who does X, yep. Y, and Z, you know? So, oh, I love that. Yeah. Now I have so much reading and listening to do. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. It is. I'm a big in-the-car listener. So Mm -hmm. one of my girlfriends that I worked with when I worked at the opera, she's my – I call her like my book club junkie. Yeah. I'm like, Kelsey, I need a new book. Yeah, help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you always need someone like that in your life. No, it's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, here's one. What do you got? Yeah. (laughs) So we're like training these book titles over. That's great. I love that. Mallory, thank you so much. I'm so excited and and really – You guys are doing amazing things, and I know you're going to continue to do amazing things. And we advocate for you, and we support hardcore. Thanks for having (laughs) me on. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Boxland Media. Think big.